welcome in Ben Portnoy of the Sports Business Journal, who was out at the national championship. But let's talk about this. I mean, if you're going to hit Florida State with this, then you better hit South Carolina. You better hit North Carolina. You better hit Oklahoma. You better hit Alabama. I mean, everybody is using NIL for recruiting purposes and everything around it. So how can you single out Florida State? Yeah, I, I think the thing that's so interesting here, and uh, I guess first off, thanks for having me, guys. Always fun. But I think the thing that's that's really interesting here is that this is the first time the NCAA has really hammered someone for this, right? Like this is this is not nothing. Obviously, Miami got in trouble for a few things, some minor penalties here and there. Um, but this is real ramifications for an NIL-related thing. And I think that you know the question I and others in in the space and you know in college sports are have had is that, you know, is the NCAA actually going to be able to enforce some of these rules, right? You know, they passed some rules today about uh, student athletes disclosing any deal they have that's worth $600 or more, or excuse me, over $600. And the thought is, okay, who's going to, why are they going to have to, how are they going to enforce that? And mm-hmm. this is a going to be a test in that for sure. Uh, obviously there's a lot going on in Tallahassee at the moment on uh, about a million different levels. And I think that, you know, again, I think it's an interesting dynamic because, again, it's the first time that the NCAA has really come down and hammered someone on NCAA-related, or excuse me, with uh, on NIL-related things um, and penalties. So uh, it's a fascinating dynamic, and I think I'll be curious to see what comes of it. And the worst thing that seems to have been done here is that an assistant coach uh, drove a prospect to meet with a uh, supporter who obviously he was setting up for an NIL deal. I mean, if that's uh, like the most serious thing, he drove a prospect and parents to a meeting with a leading member of the school's NIL collective to obviously negotiate, find out the kind of money they were going to give him, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, come on. I mean, we're, I thought we were kind of past that kind of mamby-pamby sort of enforcement of stuff by the NCAA. Well, and that's a fair point, right? It's like, and I think this is why you've seen so many people, and Charlie Baker, the president of the NCAA, was specifically call for ways to bring some of this stuff in-house if they can, uh, you know, it, it to allow schools to set up NIL deals and, and things like that. So to me, it's an interesting dynamic, too, because, you know, yes, it's the first time the NCAA has hammered anyone, but it's also, again, it kind of goes against a lot of the things that people at the NCAA have said and others in college sports spaces have said of would you want to find a way to let schools basically organize these deals, put them together, et cetera. And, you know, now you're penalizing a school for basically doing that in so many words. Uh, it's a really interesting dynamic, and it's an interesting line in the sand to draw, I think. Yeah. Well, if the NCAA thinks that schools are not using NIL as recruiting tools, not only on prospects coming out of high school and prospects coming out of the portal, but in trying to keep your current players by making them better deals from an NIL standpoint, I mean, they're just fooling themselves. They're just – they're as dumb now as they they were over all these years that they created this mess for themselves. So they, they're really not getting any smarter as they've changed leadership. I don't see anything that Charlie Baker has done or has proposed yet that's going to solve anything along these lines. No, I think it's true. And I think, you know, that's the thing that I, I joke with people in college athletics, and I've said this to ADs before, is like, look – the worst kept secret in college sports is that kids have been getting paid under the table for 50 years or a hundred years, right? Like people forget Bear Bryant got in trouble with the Southwest conference for paying players in the fifties. Like this is not a new, or excuse me, the sixties, I guess. Like this is not a new issue and it's not one that's 
you know, different than the previous years. Yeah, it's more complicated, I guess, but it, it's, you know, this is, again, it's it's penalizing something that's been happening, obviously. I think that, you know, we all know and talk to some of the same people and know what goes on at these schools, and I think that, like, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit, I think it's a little silly to pretend that it's not happening, and I think that it's why, like, if you're the MCA, certainly you have to enforce your rules, and I think that's, you know, good on them for actually enforcing them. But the flip side of that is, is like, what are we really penalizing here, right? Like, helping a kid get a contract for something or another, you know, to pay for play, I guess, but, like, for, for you know, some money to, to play football. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of, you know, when you peel back the layers, it's a little silly, I think. You're exactly right. Visiting with Ben Portnoy, it sounds totally counterproductive, and I think if, I don't know, if somebody wanted to sue, again, of course, the, the NCAA in courts, like my batting average, uh, O for whatever, that they've, uh, they've been in court, and I think they'd probably lose this if somebody – but apparently Florida State has agreed because they work with the NCAA on the ultimate penalties here, so apparently the two sides agreed. And the penalties don't sound all that uh, severe to me. I mean, you're going to not be able to make some phone calls. You're, you're not going to be able to take some official visits. I don't think there's anything there that's going to cripple them. What would cripple them, of course, is if they lose their coach – to Alabama, which takes me to my next question to you. Where do you, where do you see that thing trending now that we know guys like uh, Lanning and Kiffin uh, are out? Uh, Sweeney, in my opinion, was never going to be in it and isn't in it now. Do um, you think it, it lands at the feet of DeBoer in Washington or Sarkeesian at Texas, or is there somebody else out there you think might emerge? You know, I think speaking of Florida State, Mike Norvell is a name that, that comes up a lot and has come up a lot in the last few days. And I guess it hasn't really been a few days. It's been about 24 hours, I yeah. guess. But feels like about six days. But, um, you know, Mike Norvell's name has come up, certainly. I, I think that, you know, when you look at it and you sort of break these things down, it's more speculative. I would say this is more speculative than it is, you know, informed. But I do think that there's, you know, the thought of, look, he's got, a big program and an ISL situation that obviously he can deal with and, and has resources. Uh, he would be taking a step up in league. He's proven himself in a power five league or power four league, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, has been able to manage the transfer portal and all the things that come with it. Like on paper, Mike Norvell makes a lot of sense. And I think that, you know, of the guys, and he's also been in the South for a long time. So I think that, you know, you combine all those things, it makes a lot of sense. Now, Kalen DeBoer is another one who's obviously had a really fast rise. He's done some really good things. I think, you know, I think the idea of fit can be a little overrated. Um, I think it's something that, <laughs> you know, us reporters like to litigate and talk about and, and all of that, like how does a guy fit or not fit at, at a place. But, you know, I don't love the just the fit of Caitlin DeBoer at, uh, at Alabama. Like, I think that's a tougher sell maybe. Um, and then you go down the line. We'll see. I, I mean, I think those are the two guys that probably, to me at least, would be toward the top of the list. But, you know, these things can be crazy and – Maybe there's something that comes out of left field that we're not expecting. But those, those are guys that I think make some sense. Mm-hmm. Ben, along those lines, and personally I'm still of the, of the mindset Lane Kiffin is the favorite. And Steve Sarkeesian, just to point out, because I think it's interesting, he's the only of all the candidates, only person to have actually had a win as the head coach of the University of Alabama back when Saban missed the Iron Bowl <laughs> a few years ago with COVID. But uh, I digress. So we've talked enough, and you just mentioned a lot of college candidates out there but what about the NFL angle? And I realize that's a totally different animal. Now you're having to do recruiting, NIL, portal, et cetera, et cetera. But some names out there that have been tossed around, Mike Vrabel, got to think he stays. But, but Mike Vrabel, Dan Quinn, who's the defense coordinator for the Cowboys, 
And then one other one I'd like to throw out there. He's an Alabama graduate, played there, but he did just have a fantastic rookie season as a head coach for the Texans, and that's D'Amico Ryans. Any chance of any NFL guys taking a step down to Bama? Hmm. I don't think so. I, I, I would be really, really surprised if Alabama ended up with an NFL guy. I think D'Amico Ryans obviously just had a really good year with the Texans. Like, I just have a hard time believing that someone's walking away from an NFL job to join kind of the mess that is college football right now. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't think there's a guy that really fits that mold. Maybe right. You know, look, maybe a couple of years ago, Bill O'Brien might've made sense, but right now, like I just, I don't see that happening, but I, I think that, you know, look, like Alabama's going to have its pick of the litter. Are, are there guys like, again, is it Norvell? Is it DeBoer? Is it, who could it be? I mean, Sark, I think is an interesting one in the sense of, I mean, He's joining the SEC. He's coming off a college football playoff. And you know what? He doesn't have to play Nick Saban's Alabama anymore. Like, is there a world that, you know, Texas is a better job right now than Alabama? I, I don't think that's crazy. Like, does Sarkeesian have a better job than he would in Tuscaloosa? That's totally plausible. So I think that, you know, Alabama could go in a lot of directions here, but I, I have a hard time believing that they'd go the that they'll end up going the NFL route. You think they get something done this week? That's what it sure sounds like the goal is now, you know, coaching searches can get crazy and right. It's always the, you know, believe no one and, 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 you know, trust no one on these kinds of things. But um, I, I, I think that this is something that they want to get wrapped up quickly and we'll see how quickly they get it wrapped up. All right. You're coming off the trip to the national championship game. Hard to top that. What you got cooking for next week? Oh, we'll have plenty. I'm, I'm ready for a few days to, to sleep and probably play a little golf if anything. <laughs> But other than that, uh, we'll have some have an interesting story dropping tomorrow that I think will be interesting to some folks about you know college football playoff in the four team era and what folks have spent uh, during that time on on their football programs, the national champions, champions, and you know definitely a lot of good Clemson information in there from uh, Dan Radakovich, the former AD. So a lot of really wow. cool stuff there that I think a lot of your listeners will uh, will enjoy. We'll look at that on the uh, on the website of the Sports Business Journal. And give your uh, your X address again so folks can uh, sign up and follow you. Yeah, it's at bportnoy15. So go ahead and follow me on, on all those social media channels and all that good stuff. You got it, brother. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Perfect. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Ben Portnoy from the Sports Business Journal, giving us the national perspective on things here on Sports Talk on a Thursday night. <laughs> 